Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Call Before the Score. I am your host, Matt Edgers, along with my co-host, Brian Highland. Brian, how are you? How's it going? Howdy, home, Matt. I'm good. How are you? Take the plane. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and a happy holidays so, to the politically correct crowd. Is Christmas the last holiday left? I know Hanukkah's already happened. Festivus was on Wednesday. So I'm not sure the I'm not sure the date of Kwanzaa. That's probably on me for not doing my research ahead, being a little insensitive, but I don't really I don't know when that date is. Um so let's talk about the obvious thing here. The goddamn Jets. Yeah, you just it was right there. Trevor Lawrence was so close. It was so close. And then you decide to beat the Rams? Not just, not just uh, beat. I mean, they they uh, <laughs> they handled the Rams. Yeah, they smoked them. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it was, was never close. Beat down. Yeah, I mean, like I understand that the Rams like it was a three point game, so it's weird to be like it was never close. But the Rams didn't lead for a single minute. Like they were coming back in the end, and then but the Jets were controlling that game the entirety. Um, they were controlling both lines of scrimmage. It was it was wild to see. I mean, you know, I know a lot of Jets fans are in the camp that they wanted the team to lose out. And, yeah, of course, you know, if they lost out, I would have been extremely happy to have Trevor Lawrence on the team. Um, but, you know, all the young guys looked good on Sunday. Quinn and Williams looks like a bona fide star. Uh, Mackay Beckton is manhandling Aaron Donald all day. Den- Denzel Mims is Randy Moss 2.0. The squads. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had three that. catches for 18 yards. Maybe maybe not Randy Moss 2.0. Randy Moss, Randy Moss 2.0. Those those three catches don't tell the whole story. <laughs> that six yard average. Just, whoo, Ty, John- Ty Johnson looking like a young Marshall Falk out there. And Frank Gore still getting touches. Still Frank getting touches. <laughs> Frank Gore getting heavy touches. That guy was having a heavy workload. It is, I mean, it's such an indictment on Adam Gase, the fact that Frank Gore is still getting touches, because anyone who watches the game can see that Ty Johnson is like this electrifying young back who provides such a spark to the offense. It's not like, it, it's unreal. And Adam Gase is still just like, nope, Frank Gore, Frank Gore is our best back. It's like, no, he's not. Anyone who watches the game knows that he is nowhere near as good as Ty Johnson. Also, I would like – I mean, I, I didn't say I, – I don't know if I've said this anywhere, but I knew that Ty Johnson was going to be an absolute electric factory because he's the only usable player on the Jets in Madden. Like, seriously, the only usable player. It, 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 it sucks. I like to play as the Jets. Um, I like to play as my favorite team. It's not fun playing as the Jets in Madden. They're so bad. Their whole team stinks. But for some reason, Ty Johnson is just dynamite. He's just so good at Madden. And it translates to real life. It's great. I love Ty Johnson. Yeah, for reference, Frank Gore had 23 carries for 59 yards. Ty Johnson had three carries for 16 yards. And he also caught six balls for another 39 and a touchdown. Yeah. Adam Adam Gase's swan song week 17 of the season – it's it's got to be to get Frank Gore 40 touches. I mean, it, it just has to be. Like, it's like it, there'd be no better f- way to end his tenure as New York Jets head coach than getting Frank Gore, like literally just like running Frank Gore into the ground. Like they'll have to scrape Frank Gore off of the turf at the end of Adam Gase's last game. Is, is Frank Gore coming up on like a milestone or something? Like, is he close to being, like, the second leading rusher of all time or the first leading rusher of all time or reaching, I don't know, 100,000 carries at this point? Is he coming up on anything like that? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think I mean, so. It, it, every, every week, he's like – every week, the stats, like, flash across the screen. It's like oldest oldest running back in NFL history to get this many carries. It's like it's like previous record holder, Frank Gore last week. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I mean it's it, it, it's wild, you know. Obviously, 
you, you want Trevor Lawrence. Like, the prize at the end of this nightmare season was Trevor Lawrence. Um, but the way that it stands right now, it doesn't look like the Jets will get him because the Jaguars are also 1-13. You know, people, people have been making fun of the Jets and people have been talking about, like, the Jets, you know, like, you – you had mentioned reports earlier saying like people saying that Trevor Lawrence should like stay in school or force a trade away from the Jets. It's like the alternative is the Jaguars. Like, I don't, I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're talking about here. The Jaguars stink. The Jaguars have been way more historically inept than the Jets. Have they? they? Have, have they? Yes, they absolutely have. They have the highest percentage of grievances filed with the NFLPA out of any team by like, Triple the amount. They are. Yeah, that, was his, Coughlin, that was Tom Coughlin, though. That wasn't. That wasn't the players. Okay, but but they have been. They haven't been good. They're not good. Like the, They have. How how often do they pick in the top ten? How often do they pick in the top five? I understand that the Jets stink as well. But like to say like that Trevor Lawrence would rather go to Jacksonville than to go to the Jets is just is just ridiculous. Like teams are bad until they're not like the Jaguars are bad. And if Trevor Lawrence turns out to be what he is promised to be, then eventually in a few years, they won't be, but it would, be, it would have been the same way with the jets. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't get why there aren't those reports. That's a little bit frustrating, but also, you know, after watching BYU play in the uh, Boca Raton bowl, Trevor Lawrence is the consolation prize. I mean, Zach Wilson is, oh, is the no, no, Zach Wilson, no, is, Zach no, Wilson is whatever no, would actually. No, Andrus, he's no, a mixture. No, 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 he's a no, mixture no. of Aaron Rodgers and Jesus Christ. He's Blake Bortles. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> oh my God! Let's call a spade a spade. All of all of this, McCoy. all of this, all of the same detractors that Pat Mahomes had coming out of college. Oh, he plays against Big Twelve defenses. You know, he doesn't run a pro style offense. All the same things is. The same things that people are saying about Zach Wilson, but he is absolutely electric. You watch him play, and he is electric. Trevor Lawrence, who cares? Give me Zach Wilson. So okay, that, but also okay, but also if the but also if the Jags win and the Jets continue to lose, give me Trevor Lawrence. But <laughs> you right. got you got to do what you got to do. You got to spin zone it. How you got to spin zone it? Yeah, it's like. Also, why is the tiebreaker for the draft strength of record or strength of schedule. Why? Because the jets play better teams. Are they being penalized? It should absolutely be point differential in which case the jets would win handily because they have one of the worst point differentials in NFL history. So. Right. But that's why it's strength of schedule because they play. But, but, but why? Okay. But the worst team should get it. And the worst team is the team that, loses by more it's not the team that plays better opponents like the jets are in a better division are they yeah i mean they have the they have the dolphins who are what are they i think they're nine and five yeah, or AFC and four. South, they have that's the, the Colts. they have the bills they have the patriots the combined record of the afc east is better than the afc south I don't think it is. It is. Colts are 10 and 4. Okay, the Dolphins, the are, the Dolphins, are, the Dolphins are 11 and 3. The, the Dolphins are not 11 and 3. The Bills, I mean. Bills are 11 and 3. Okay, all right. Okay. Dolphins, Dolphins are 9 and 5. That equals two 10 and 4 teams. And the Patriots have a better record than the Texans. Touche. Fair enough. Yes. So, exactly. My, my point again. So why are they, also why are they just being penalized because they're playing the NFC West, the best division in the NFC? Why is that fair that they're being year. penalized for that? Just because the Jets. So why something that changes year to year, something that is out of the Jets' control, should not be the determining factor for the number one pick? Would you agree? Yeah. Would you agree that something that the Jets physically cannot control, they, they strength of schedule is not something that is in the Jets' control. It should be something that's in their control, like the fact that they lose by 60 points a game. <laughs> Except last week. Got that W. 
Exactly. It, just, it rotates. Like next year, they have they could have the easiest schedule in the league, and then when they still stink, they'll have the first pick again. Okay, but that's the thing. If there's another team who also stinks equally bad with the same record, who has a harder schedule, then why is that team being penalized? It's a stupid way to determine the the first I mean, overall pick. Something that wrote something you said exactly. Something that rotates and something that is completely up to chance. You know, one year the one year they could be playing the NFC NFC West, and then the next year they're playing the NFC East. Like last year they played the NFC East, so they had a easier strength of schedule. But this year they're playing the NFC West. So why is why are they being penalized for that? Right. Okay. Well, think about it like this. One, it's probably to help prevent tanking. Two, I mean, the NBA does a lottery. Like, that's the most – Yeah, yes. Okay. Like, I, not I, in I, your I, control I, at all. So, the fact that that's all the NFL does just to kind of keep it a little random and try to prevent teams from absolutely selling out for the tank, leave a little part of it out of their control, I would think kind of makes teams, I don't know, try a little harder if they know they're going to be just horrendously bad. Okay. But, well, one, that – if we're going to talk about tanking, the Jaguars are the team that's actively tanking. I mean, the Jaguars haven't won since week one, and now they're shutting down their star running back. They're shutting down James Robinson because want to save him for the for the playoffs. Like you know, like the Jaguars are the team that are actively tanking. I mean, the Jaguars were starting Mike Glennon for multiple weeks. What are we doing here? I mean. The, the NFL needs they to intervene. He gave them the best chance to win. Him, but, it was uh, that other guy's name that he already. Yeah. Oh yeah, they started Jake Luton for a few games. There yeah. Jake I mean, the, the, yeah, there he is. The you know the the Jags stink like any other year. One in fifteen gets you the first pick. Uh, it's just this year, the year that the Jets are in contention for the first overall pick, first time since they drafted Keyshawn Johnson. Um, there's another one in 15 team, which is, you know, pretty unprecedented, but it is what it is. You know, you can't, can't control that. And also my thinking is when it really comes down to it, if, if the Jets got Trevor Lawrence and they paired him with a shitty coach, Trevor Lawrence would be shitty. Like you, you can't make up for a bad coach. Look at Adam Gase. Like look at what Adam Gase has come in and done to Sam Darnold. It doesn't matter who they pick, like if it's the right coach and quarterback pairing, then it's going to be successful. I mean, look at Baker and Kevin Stefanski. Look at what Baker has been able to do under Kevin Stefanski. Look at Josh Allen and uh, Brian Dabble in Buffalo and getting weapons around your young quarterbacks. You know, look at what Arizona did with getting DeAndre Hopkins. Look at what Buffalo did with getting Stefan Diggs. Look at what, you know, look at what Lamar. Look at what the the Ravens did, surrounding Lamar Jackson with an offense that completely tailored to his skills. Adam Gase came in and said, "No, my system is the best in the world. You're going to play like Peyton Manning, even though you're nothing like Peyton Manning." Yeah, sure, you're sure you're athletic, Darnold, but we're not going to use that athleticism. We're going to try to sit you back in the pocket, and you're going to work through your progressions. We're not going to give you any play actions. We're not going to give you any rollouts. And, you know, we're going to sit you back there to get murdered. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't doesn't matter if they get Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't matter if they get Zach Wilson. It doesn't matter if they stick with Darnold. Like, yeah, of course, you want Trevor Lawrence. You want the best quarterback available. But if they don't hire the right coach, then it's all for naught. Yeah, yeah, coaching is important, but I mean, so who do then who do you want to be? Because if you're the GM of the Jets right now, you got a lot of decisions to make. You got the second pick. What do you do with that? I mean, there's three real options there, and then at head coach, I know New York's a big, you know, big market or you know the biggest market, but. I feel like getting not like a, like a star new coach coming in like the enemy or something like that, and then drawing free agents to the Jets seems like a tall order. So, like, what is your I, first move it, then? 
So you really, I really think you know, the first move, obviously, is firing Gaze. That's the first move. It should have been done yesterday. Um, but after that, then – It should have been done you, week two. It, it, it honestly should have been done – I mean, I've, my, my brothers and I have said this. It should have been done the day after he was hired. They should have hired him. The day of that, they should have, day of that interview. And then, and then they should have brought him in, and they should have done what Bill Belichick did to resign from the Jets and just slipped him a letter on a, on a, on a napkin and say, you're fired. Like, it, it, anyways. Um, How's that? But, that's got to be the worst thing as a Jets fan. Other than maybe this win this last week, you had Belichick for about, I don't know, six and a half hours. And it's like, nah, I'm good. And then walked away, just six rings, just pff, right out the building. That's, that's got to be tough. I don't know. It's it's the butterfly effect. Like, or it's the if he stayed with New York, would New York have would would New York have given him the the same leash? Would they have let him develop the the team the same way that they did in New England? Who knows? You know, yeah, I'd like to I don't like to look back. I like to look towards the future, which I like to think for the Jets is bright. They have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of options around the second overall pick. They have a ton of cap space. Um, so they can really turn it around in short, short-ish order. But, you know, obviously the first step is to hire the right head coach. Um, who that would be? The enemy, I doubt he wants to come to the Jets. Um, it, I, think, I think the biggest part about losing the first overall pick is I think it's going to limit who the head coaching hire is. I think if you're the first overall pick and you already have Becton, you already have Denzel Mims. You already have a uh, good defensive line. Yeah, you have, like, you have some good, good pieces on defense. Then it's a lot more intriguing to a head coaching candidate than kind of the second overall pick uh, because, obviously, Lawrence is the prize. So I, I don't think they're going to get, like, the very top – coaching candidate that they might have been able to get if they were the if they had the first pick but I think there are still some intriguing options out there you know and I mentioned mentioned some of them um there's Brian Dable of the Bills um there's Arthur Smith of the Titans the Titans uh quarterback or Titans offensive coordinator there's Matt Campbell out of uh, Iowa State um Jim Harbaugh, the Johnsons love Jim Harbaugh. They're obsessed with him. I, he, I mean, anything's an upgrade over Adam Gase. Um, Joe Douglas has ties to Baltimore, so people have floated out the idea of Greg Roman. Um, so there's, you know, Salah, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. It, it really all depends. But after you hire the head, whoever the head coach is, then it really will come down to, whether that head coach wants to take on the project of rebuilding Sam Darnold, because that's really what it's going to take. Adam Gase ruined Sam Darnold. He filled his head with snake oil and it's going to take someone to come in. And if they want to say, if they want to take on the project of as they're being hired, presumably for their first NFL head coaching job coming in and saying, yeah, I'm also going to take on the project of rebuilding Sam Darnold and teaching Sam Darnold how to throw the ball with proper footwork and how to read the defense properly and build my offense around Sam Darnold, who's entering into his fourth year with injury concerns and never really production to match the third overall pick. Um, then that's the way that they'll go, and then they'll use the second pick for best player available. I doubt that anyone's going to do that, and I also doubt that Joe Douglas wants to attach his – first GM stint and maybe only to Sam Darnold, a quarterback who he didn't draft. And like I said, a quarterback who hasn't shown production for where he was drafted. So I do think they are going to go quarterback number two overall. And then it will come down to who they go with. I personally like Zach Wilson. Um, I, th I think, I think he's, I think he's super fun. Um, but also, if Tre or also, but also if Justin Fields plays well against Clemson, then I'm absolutely going to be all in on Justin Fields, and I'm going to 
convince myself that he's better than Trevor Lawrence. If Ohio State beats Clemson in the college football playoffs. So, and then from there, you rebuild the, the roster um, through the draft and maybe sign one of the free agent wide receivers coming in. You know, Kenny Galladay, Al Robinson, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith. Alshon Schuster, Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, probably not. He thinks. Uh, an interesting candidate, though, I think for that Jets job is Arthur Smith. Um, just because, one, I mean, you see, you talked about how, how important coaching is and how much that matters. Feels like the job that he's done with Tannehill has just been spectacular. Like he went from not a scrub in Miami because they were, you know, he was winning games or eight or whatever, and he gets, you know, traded to Tennessee and just just takes off. And you'd think that, I mean, you can do it with somebody like Tannehill. He's got to be able to help out and assist with somebody with the talent of Sam Darnold, you'd think, you'd hope, but you never know. Yeah, I, I, you know? I, I, I'd love Arthur Smith um, since he became – or since Tannehill became uh, the quarterback at Tennessee, he's had better stats than Patrick Mahomes over that same span. Um, you know, and I mean, we can use that to take us right into our first pick, you know, talking about Tannehill, talking about how good he's been underneath Arthur Smith. Um, I love the over. Um, they're going to score a hundred combined points. The over is fifty-six and a half. It's uh, Tennessee at Green Bay, and or it's fifty-six, not fifty-six and a half. But I, I love the over. I don't see how that game stays under. Right, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, a little, uh, a little prop bet to go with that um, is Robert Tunyon, Big Bob Tunyon. To score a touchdown. I don't know what the odds are on that because they haven't been released the time that we're recording this. But Aaron Rodgers loves to help people he feels have been slighted. Like when they played the Jaguars earlier this year, Mercedes Lewis, who's another one of their tight ends, was a former, I think, first round pick by Jacksonville. And it feels like 2003 or something like that. And against Jacksonville this year, they had he, they made sure an entire play was put in their playbook for that week, just to make just to try to get Mercedes Lewis a touchdown. Now it didn't work, but Mercedes Lewis only has one touchdown a year. And with Bob Tunyon, who's got I think eleven touchdowns this year so far, being slighted now being voted to the Pro Bowl, it feels like Rodgers is going to want to get him involved, get him a touchdown, you know, to kind of show up the people that didn't vote him into the Pro Bowl. Um. I mean, he scored a touchdown like five in a row. So, him to score a touchdown, probably the odds aren't great, but I still like it a lot. Also, Aaron Rodgers has said that he cares about winning the MVP. So, you know that he's going to try oh, to put up some numbers. So, I mean, and that Tennessee defense stinks. So, if Rodgers a, throws four touchdowns. Against his own team. Yeah. Yeah. So, if Rodgers throws four touchdowns, what's the chance of the guy who caught 11 and won in five games in a row gets one? I say – Pretty good. Almost 100 99%, I would say. 99, bit of a theme this week. Um, but 99% Big Bob Tunyon scored a touchdown. I also like Green Bay minus three in this one. It's uh, in Green Bay, so it's going to be cold. Tennessee is a, is a southern team, a warm-weather team. Uh, the kicker stinks. Scott Scousey has just been bad since he's gotten there. And in the cold and the wind in Lambeau, I don't trust him. So if he, you know – misses a kick, that's three points there. That's the difference between a push and a cover. So, yeah, I think Green Bay minus three. You said the over. Also, I mean, like Big Bob Tunyon for a putter. I like that Green Bay pick. I mean, they're just going to be able to just absolutely light up that Tennessee um, defense. Tennessee, they can't rush the passer, and they have the no. worst third-down defense in the NFL. Um, yeah. So, they was, I mean, those two obviously go hand-in-hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, their defense is, is so bad. I mean, they make up for it because they score just a ton of points, you know, with Derrick Henry just chugging along and Ryan Danhill just slinging the rock to AJ Brown and Corey Davis. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they need to, they'll need to score like 40 to keep up with Green Bay, who's just going to light up the scoreboard. Because like you said, Aaron Rodgers wants that MVP and he is not going to take his foot off the gas. Especially not after what happened last week against Carolina. 
Right. I yeah, I agree. Um yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm betting the Packers again or get betting the Packers game again, because they screw me every single time. The last two weeks, two weeks ago, Lions were the at Detroit. Lions or Packers were minus seven and a half. Packers won by seven. Last week, Panthers in Green Bay, I bet Panthers plus seven and a half. Figured the Packers didn't cover seven and a half last week against a worse team, not doing it again. Packers decided to win by eight last week. So twice, I bet that game twice. I've lost by half a point. It hurt, but if I can't lose my half point in this one because I got Green Bay minus three. So, therefore, it has to hit. I don't know if that's sound logic or not, but it works for me. I'm that's, sticking with that's it. That's sound enough logic for, for my book. Good. Um, before we get into our next picks, there's an interesting trend this week um, of 11 out of the 16 games, the percentage of bets placed are – Sixty are all one-sided, at least 69%. Nice. Um, so my thought is, is, we've talked about this in a couple episodes ago, how when it seems like all the betters are on one side, the opposite always happens. So now I know with 11 games this week, and I'll get into which ones they are here in a second, obviously they're not all going to hit. But I think the key is being able to spot one and be like, this could be the one that still goes the other way. So, like, the first one, for example, the Colts are getting 69% of the bets, and from what my numbers say, 99% of the money in Pittsburgh at Colts minus one and a half. Now, I'm not sure if 99% of the money is accurate. That seems impossibly high. But <laughs> this is one it does seem that very Pitts- high. It seems almost impossible to be 99%. It, it, it really does. I mean, but someone must have just bet like $200 million <laughs> on the Colts. Just like completely skewing the numbers. Jim, Jim Irsay got drunk one day and just bet his life savings on the Colts to cover. And that's what's skewing the numbers. It has to be something like that. But still, they're getting 69% of the bets. So it's still the vast majority. Um. And like I don't know, I'm Colts minus one and a half in Pittsburgh. That's one where like that seems obvious to me. And recently, I have not had luck with obvious picks, even though I have numbers to back up that the Colts pick is the right pick. Something about doesn't sit. Something about doesn't sit right with me. I mean, it's it, it, it's I mean, it's absolutely a trap game. And you know, I'm 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 taking the cheese. You know, I I. I love I love eating the cheese out of the trap, <laughs> and I'm absolutely doing that for this game. I mean, hell yeah, give me the Colts minus two. I mean, I, the stats say Pittsburgh stinks. They they Pittsburgh's probably not going to win another game this year. I mean, they are they're already in the playoffs, so they'll go to the playoffs. But they look looks so bad. Ben Roethlisberger can't move. Um, Juju Smith Schuster stinks you know their wide receivers have the most drops in the nfl that offense is a nightmare and the defense the injuries are piling up like they're not the same team they were when they started off 11 and 0 you know they lost bud dupree and that cold defensive line is just going You lost it. All right, so the stats I have for the Colts, the Colts are 5-0 and against the spread their last five games as a road favorite. They're 4-0 against the spread just in their last four road games, and they're 15-6 and against the spread their last 21 versus teams with a winning record. So all that combined, plus the Steelers have just been spiraling out of control. Ben stinks. Their defense is banged up, like you said. It just it feels too easy to me, so I'm personally going to stay away from it. I'm glad you're taking it because if I also took it, there's not a chance in hell it would have hit. But as long as I'm staying away from it, you're probably in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely glad that you're not on it. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, it wouldn't have been. Um, look, another one's interesting is, like, Philly is getting 74% of the bets against Dallas. Philly minus two and a half in Dallas is getting 74%. I think that's a bit of an overreaction to the Jalen Hurts thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's still one and one. Like, I don't know. I don't. 
it's just like that's one that like I'm staying away from, even though the numbers say we probably should take Dallas. Same thing with New Orleans on Friday. It's getting seventy two percent of the bets at minus seven against Minnesota. Like that feels weird. Like I don't I think I feel like Minnesota yeah. plus seven seems like what I would want to take. Because New Orleans is yeah, not that would be great the way that I would lean two weeks. I'm not uh, I would I won't put that on my card, but I like you said, I'd probably lean Minnesota minus seven. Like that kind of seems odd to me because, especially after the way that Drew Brees looked last week, you know. I mean I understand that it's against a, a different different defense, a Minnesota defense that's a lot weaker. But Breeze coming back from injury did not look sharp and still without Michael Thomas, I you know, I would lean Minnesota. I would yeah, it's it's like that yeah, it feels I mean it's a it's a Christmas Day game, which we forgot to mention in the beginning, but there's NFL football four consecutive days this week, which is beautiful. We still got Thursday night and then Christmas is Friday, we got a game there. We still got a doubleheader on Saturday. Then we got Sunday. And is there a Monday night game too? Do we have NFL football five days in a row? I believe so. What is this world coming to? That's no, no Thursday game. Monday, you mean? No Thursday game. No, there is no Thursday. It's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Ah, okay. Thing. I also love the NFL just encroaching on um, the NBA. The NBA's had like Christmas Day for it's their day. As lo- it, it's literally their day. Like it's their biggest day, and the NFL's just like now we're taking it. And the NBA's like, but it's not even on a Sunday. <laughs> it's yeah. not even like, like a now normal day that the NFL would be playing. They're just like, they're just like, nah, we're gonna play on Friday. Screw you guys. No, yeah, we're just going to put two teams that are going to definitely pull numbers because two out of the last three years, Minnesota's kicked New Orleans out of the uh, out of the playoffs. So, you know, people are going to be talking about that. It's going to be a highlight show. We're, we're going to put it at 4.30, just right in the middle. The NBA starts at noon. It's last game starts at 10, just right in the middle of their entire day. So, I, lo- I, I can respect I mean, it. I, I can respect I it. it. I mean – I, I, I have to imagine that play. Roger Goodell is in bed with big TV trying to get people to to have every household have multiple TVs in their living room so they can watch NFL and NBA at the same oh, yeah. time. He's, he's on the phone with Sony as we speak trying to figure it out. Um, so one of these games here that I think I'm going against the public, um, or I guess with the public, I'm going against what I should be doing. Uh, Arizona is getting 78% of the bets against the 49ers. Uh, this is in Arizona, obviously, because people that don't know, the 49ers aren't allowed to play in their home stadium anymore, in their home county, because Santa Clara County decided that there was no gatherings of 10 or more people, no matter what. <laughs> so they got re- relocated to Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I think just for them being on the road for so long, they're not staying home. They're still staying in hotels. They've been on the road for a month. Arizona, Kyler Kyle Murray looked good last week. I think his shoulder's healthy. I think he's fine. Um, the 49ers are 0-5 or 0-5-1 in their last six against the spread. Not good. Um, the uh, Cardinals are 6-2-2. Two and two against the spread, um, following it against the spread W so far this season. Um, and then they are also 4-1 against the spread this year versus teams with a losing record. So the numbers say to take Arizona. I'm trusting my numbers this time. Giants are still on the road too long. This will start Nick Mullins, who's bad. I know this is Josh Rosen revenge game, but that doesn't really matter to me. Give me the Cardinals minus five and a half at home against the 49ers. Yeah, this this is also a good time of year um, for games like that where teams who came in with high aspirations, like the 49ers, you know, they're coming off uh, losing in the Super Bowl last year, coming with high aspirations, and now they're officially eliminated from the from the playoffs. I, I think that's like a big time. Like, there's like 
okay, like let's move forward to next year. Like let's just let's just get through this year without any other major injuries that are going to affect the following year, and let's just move forward. So I like that pick. Um, okay, what? So you taking what? The over in the Green Bay Tennessee game, and you taking Colts minus two. What is your third pick there, sir? Third pick, kind of along the same vein, like I was saying, teams just kind of giving up after being eliminated from the playoffs. Um, give me Washington minus two and a half um, against Carolina. Uh, Carolina, I mean, Chris McCaffrey, I'm assuming they're going to be, be shutting him down. He's not going to play again this week. Um, He's hot. Carolina, yeah, Carolina team who started off the year hot. They were kind of like everyone's darling at the the year because they were expected to be so bad and they were competitive, but they've kind of come down to earth. You know, they've lost, lost a bunch recently and at two and a half, you know, the four, or the football team is playing to win their division and also Ron Rivera revenge game. It is Ron Rivera revenge game, isn't it? I didn't think of that. I, I mean, I mean, you know, Riverboat Ron is going to have the boys pumped up to uh, avenge avenge him and that defensive front is incredible and they are going to just eat eat Teddy alive so I like I like the football team in that one at minus two and a half I was a little bit surprised only at minus two and a half the only issue that I have with that is who in the world is playing quarterback for the football team this week we had Alex Smith, whose legs doing things the legs not supposed to do. Dwayne Haskins out there wearing a mask, getting cheeks in his face, taking pictures of it. Can't have that. And then who's the other guy? Taylor Hinky or Heineken or something like that. I think he played in South Carolina. Like, I, who? That's the only problem I have is who's going to be their starting quarterback. So I, I saw I saw a report today um, that Dwayne Haskins was taking first team snaps. So it is the strip club attender, Dwayne Haskins. Um, and, okay. you know, also, you know, some, I, I, I think I, I heard it on some podcasts, but they said that the strippers were at his house during the game. So who's to say he wasn't just driving them to work and then came in for a quick dance um, after the game? You know, he was just driving them from his house back to their place of work, dropping them off going in, maybe enjoying some shrimp. Um, so, you know, we're really, lemon, sh- we're, really lemon, shaming, wing. We're, we're shaming a good guy at the end of the day, a guy who's just, you know, just a, a real, real great person. You know, he just really cares about others. You know, his coach is going through cancer treatment and he just hasn't respected COVID protocols all year. So he's just really a stand up guy um, who I'm sure his teammates are ready to fight for. So absolutely. Give me give me football team minus two and a half. He's trying to he's trying to help people out of time and need. They need to ride to work. Since the clubs have been shut down, they probably need a little extra money. He went in there to try to, you know, start their night, make sure they came back with a little bit of a profit. Oh, so in that yeah, case, I'm, he's got I'm, you know what? Yeah, he's got all why, the good mojo goals. Why should Dwayne Haskins have to apologize for I think it's the mass, stimulating it's the, no the local economy? It's well, he didn't break a law. It's the NFL mask policy, which is why it's just it's just being handled internally by the team. So they'll probably have yeah, to start well, this got- week. Once Alex Smith's back, then they'll be like, "Oh no, we're going to suspend him for the first half of this one." Once Alex Smith well, is no, he got to play again, he got he got fined forty thousand dollars, and which was actually exactly one fourth of what he spent at the strip club that night. Um, so really it was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty easy punishment for him, you know, just pay a little bit of cash and I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be back at the strip club this Sunday. <laughs> I mean, hey, good for him. Just living. Uh, I think for my third pick, I think between the two of us, I've been talked into it. I'm taking Minnesota plus seven on Christmas Day. A little Christmas Day action. Give me, you know, give us give everybody something to root for. We picked, we picked a Sunday game. We've now picked a Friday Christmas Day game. Uh, my four, my Cardinals pick. That's on Saturday. 
So we got Friday, Saturday. Green Bay's playing Sunday. So now we'll have to we're gonna have to come up with a pick for Bills Pats so we can get at least one for every day. But the only, uh, yeah, give the me only Minnesota thing plus me about, seven. Only thing that worries me about that game is betting against a team called the Saints on Jesus Christ's birthday. I do see what you mean there. But Stop. I'm sure the Vikings were also very religious. And I'm sure they did good things to celebrate other than R&Ping. So, I'm sure, you know, they probably had some holy people as well. I'm sure they were big fans of old Jesus. The, the Vikings not, most definitely not, were not – the Vikings most, Vikings most definitely were not fans of Jesus. <laughs> they were not. Actually, they were not actually the, the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm sure – I'm sure they would have been fans nowadays. Although, 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 Kirk Cousins, big religious guy, very big religious so guy. So maybe, maybe he'll be like, he'll Jesus is watching me. I got, I got, I got to play well. Yeah, he'll balance, he'll balance everybody else out. But yeah, I was, uh, I don't think they're going to win the game necessarily, but seven's a lot, you know. Keep it within a touchdown. Cover. I think, they could, I think they could find a way to keep it within a touchdown somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, and then first thought, Bills against New England on Monday. It's in New England. Bills are minus seven. Give me Buffalo. This feels like, this feels like Buffalo. Buffalo. I agree. Give me, They're getting give me 81% the of the bets. But, oh. What's the line on that one? It's got to be low. Uh, it, I think oh, that's 47. Yeah. 47. All right, we'll go 47. Yeah. Well, it, I think, uh, yeah. You know, Buffalo minus where seven. The, the Patriots can't score. As long they as can't Buffalo, do anything on offense. As long as Buffalo doesn't put up another, like, 40 spot like they did this past weekend, then. Right. Yeah. And be, Buffalo is still. So, I like Buffalo. Buffalo on the under, quick thoughts. Um, but so I will Buffalo not add it to my card because my card has been pristine recently. The uh, Has Buffalo clinched that division yet? Yeah, yeah. They like I know. Last week. Okay. And then, but the Chiefs don't have, I mean, technically speaking, the Bills could still get the number one seed, I believe. I don't, I don't. They're 11-3. I Chiefs only have one loss, but did they play the Chiefs this year? But they have – Chiefs had the head-to-head. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, they, they did. Bills lost to the Chiefs. So, ah, yeah, Josh Allen still is making that MVP case. The, Pat, the Patriots stink. They're dead. They're done. I'll take it. Bills minus seven. So, my four picks, I guess, this week are Bills minus seven on Monday. Packers minus three on Sunday. The Cardinals minus five and a half on Saturday. And on Friday, Christmas Day, give me the Vikings. Oh, I'm seeing plus six and a half now. Don't love that as much. But it's what the, it's what the book says right now. I'll still take Vikings plus six and a half. Um, on Friday, Christmas Day is by four picks. And I have uh, over in the Tennessee Green Bay, Colts minus oh, yeah, two, got- Washington – Football team minus two and a half, and I'll add Buffalo to my card. Bingo! Oh, I Buffalo also minus had a seven. big, I also had big Bob Tunyon, anytime touchdown score. Big Bobby uh, T. In there, but that that's that's a prop. It's not going in on the the permanent record per se, but I feel really good about that. I don't, I I don't hate looking in the option to see what maybe two touchdowns is. Ooh. Now you're feeling I saucy. I mean, hey, it's the holiday spirit. It's, I like giving people money. It's the giving season. Big Bob Tunyon. Two totters. I don't think it's posted yet. Um, so maybe one of us will tweet it out on Sunday when that is. But Big Bob Tunyon, the touchdown maker. He's good. He – yeah, they put Evan Engram in the – um, Pro Bowl ahead of him 
where Evan Ingram has 40 more targets and one more catch. Yeah, I was uh, – Wrap your I mean, brain around that one. Yeah, because he has like 35 drops. I feel like every time I watch Evan Ingram play, he drops like a big pass. Eagles would be out of playoff contention if Evan Ingram could have caught that ball like seven weeks ago. It was the last crazy time. I, it was crazy the last... that the Eagles are, are still in playoff contention. That, that division that, is so wacky. That Giants game was the last game that I wanted the Eagles. I was actively rooting and hoping that the Eagles would win. Now a win is like a consolation. Like, ah, oh, you know, I guess a win, a feeling of a win is cool. But going into it, it's, yeah, you hope that Jalen Hurts looks good, but they still find a way to lose. Like this Cardinals game last week, perfect example. Jalen Hurts looked good. They still got out of there with a loss, improving their draft stock. And that's that's what it's all about this time of year. Making the so team better in the if long run. If you're, if you're eliminated from the playoffs, you're, if your team loses, that's what you want. And as long as your young players look good, then you'll leave the game happy. We're not eliminated from the playoffs yet. So, well, I mean <laughs> – I mean, with what's going on quarterback-wise in Washington, we've got Dallas this week, and then we've got Washington. So, like, it's not – it's far from impossible. If Washington loses this week to Carolina, it's not out of the I don't, question think, that I don't they, think they will. Well, the, the, the problem is you also need uh, the Giants to, to lose. You're not really worried about that one. Giants are real good at finding ways to just – not do what they're supposed to. They had a, they had they were in the driver's seat. It was commanding. I really thought they were gonna end up winning the division. Then they got boat raced by Arizona and they just got blown out by Cleveland last week and that, that whole thing. That they're done. I'm not even they, a little bit now concerned. They have, now they have about Baltimore, the they're gonna get slaughtered by Baltimore. Yeah, and they're done. After this week, Washington will still yeah. be able to win and then the winner of Dallas and the Eagles will have a chance. It's funny because the Eagles, the only chance the Eagles have to win is because of that stupid tie against the Bengals. If we didn't have that tie, we yeah. already would have been eliminated because Washington has a tiebreaker over us. So, because if they lose out, they're six and ten. If we win out, we finish six, six nine, nine and one. one. Love it. So that's that why ties just, with the that was the ties. That's the Jets. The Jets should have done. Oh, that would have been Bring great. Bring this whole thing full circle. The Rams. They, oh, my God. That would have been fantastic. Oh, that would have been so fantastic. <laughs> also, I, mean, I I will say, like, at the time when Doug Peterson played for the tie, everyone was like, that's that's soft as baby shit, Doug. Um, if they make it – Which it was. The, if, yeah, I know mean, it was. But if they win the division because of that, it'll be like – No, we'll yeah, still be Doug's pissed because we don't want checkers. We don't want to win the division. We want to take our hopefully top five pick, turn it into a Hall of Famer, and just keep this thing rolling. We don't want to win the division and then have picked 20 again and take. It's a, it's a good thing your expectations aren't, aren't too high if you get that top five pick. No, just a Hall of Famer. It's all that. Just a Hall of Famer. Just a Hall of Famer. I'm not, asking, I'm not asking for too much. I mean, with, with Howie's draft history, it's it's very likely. I don't think – hey, last time the Eagles picked in the top five, it took Lane Johnson at four. That worked out pretty well. That – ooh, that's not true. Carson Wentz was second. Yikes. He was definitely oh. after Lane Johnson. That one hurts. That's – well, he had that a good run. He had a good run. That worked out pretty well. I mean, it's, it's tough to say that that didn't work out well when they won a Super Bowl. Right, span. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not calling Wentz a bust. I'm not saying all of this is his fault. Um, but not looking great currently at the moment. It does not. No. <coughs> the Wentz defenders so, are getting. There's a lot less of them. There's a lot less. Yeah, I was one of them, and then about halfway through the Cardinals game. I kind of had the revelation of like, once is playing with the same guys out there, same yeah. guys out there. Yeah, tough to <laughs> tough to make that excuse for Wentz and then be like, well, Jalen Hurts is absolutely lighting up the scoreboard. 
so yeah, playing with the, the same receivers out there, same – well, the O-line's been different every week. They put, what, 14 games? The Eagles have had 13 different O-line starting combinations. I mean, that's – that's not what you want. That's the opposite. No, not. That's worst-case scenario, I think. <laughs> I would say – yeah, <coughs> I, I think that would be worst-case because – I mean, I guess you got 14. I mean, technically, but you would, yeah, yeah. that's terrible. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's Super Bowl year they had two. Yeah, there's usually so, a pretty good correlation with offensive line health and team success. Even if the yeah, offensive line isn't was... like great, you know, then at least them staying together, they usually get better as the year goes on. Yeah, it was Jason Peters towards ACL like week eight or nine or something like that. And then Big V came in, and then that was it. So, yeah. You got anything else? I think I'm good. All right. Uh, let's run through the picks one more time. Um, I have Green Bay minus three and Big Bob Tunney to score a touchdown. Arizona minus five and a half. Um, Buffalo minus seven, and then Minnesota plus six and a half. I got Buffalo minus seven over in the Green Bay game. Colts minus two. Washington football team minus two and a half. Perfect. All right. Cool. So that was uh, another solid episode. Uh, tweet us your picks. See what you, uh, you know, if you do better than one of us. At calm, at calm B, four, the score on Twitter. Um, yeah, see how you guys do. Uh, with that being said, happy uh, holidays again. Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. I'm not sure when that is. I hope I don't think it happened yet. Um, remember to uh, you know just bet as much as you're willing to lose, or not. You know, again, we don't advise you financially. Well, maybe Matt does. I don't know what he does in his spare time. I don't. I need a financial advisor. So if anybody, if you are one and you're listening to this, I probably won't answer your call until you leave a voicemail so I know what you are because I'm not answering those phone calls. But yeah, you know, I'll give you a shot. It's like, it's like that, uh, that one tweet. It's like, someone help me with my finances. I spend 600 on rent. I spend 200 on insurance and I spend 4,000 a month on losing gambling picks. How do I how do I fix this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> am I in that current situation? Maybe <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. All right, talk to you guys later.